Let's get started. We're, we are going to talk about prayer tonight, and I am excited about this. I'm excited for, for several reasons. Uh, Ephesians was awesome, and I loved how it finished on... Kevin Diaz did a great job last week finishing us up on spiritual warfare and finishing with praying, prayer. I mean, Paul hits on prayer, praying always in the Spirit with all supplication for all the saints everywhere and so on. And so that's where we want to be as a church. We want to be a praying church, a, a church that, that it could rightfully be said about us that we are a prayerful church. As I was preparing this message, I was just thinking about the question, you know, if you were to ask your spouse, would, would your, if you were to ask your spouse, am I a prayerful person, would they be able to honestly say yes or no? Am I a prayerful, prayerful person? If you were to rate your prayer life on a scale of 1 to 10 in frequency and faithfulness in your prayer life, okay, just, let's just do that for a moment. 1 to 10. Okay, your, your personal prayer life, your time talking with God, communing with God, 1 to 10. Okay, everybody got a number? Okay, put your number up. No, just kidding. Just kidding. You don't have to do it. Some of you are like, oh no, he's going to ask me. Testimony time, testimony time. You know, prayer is something that, you know, it's simple, but yet there are so many challenges and distractions that pull us away from being people of prayer. And yet deep within us, deep in our heart, we know we need to pray more. We need God more. And the means of us experiencing God more is prayer. And so there's this yearning within the saints, within the children of God, that we must be a people of prayer. If things are going to change, if God's kingdom is going to come, if we're going to change, if our marriage is going to be healthy, if our family is going to be healthy, if our church is going to be healthy, if our community is going to be impacted, if our city is going to be impacted, then we got to be a people who pray, who spend much time in prayer. And so we're going to look tonight, Lord willing, at, at Luke 18, in, at this parable that Jesus gave specifically, he, the reason he told this parable was so that men would always pray and not lose heart. That, that was the purpose of the prayer. That was to the effect that men would always pray. That includes you too, women, men and women, that, that we should always pray and not lose heart. So I'm going to open us up with prayer and then we're going to dig into the text. We're going to look at prayer and then by God's grace and through the work of His Holy Spirit, we are going to be a church that is prayerful, that is marked by prayer. Father, thank You. Thank You that You invite us into this intimate relationship with You where we can cast all our cares on You, where we can share our joys, our doubts, our fears, our struggles, our concerns, bring our questions, bring all that we are to You. And, and receive wisdom from You and receive Your love back, Your, your truth back and guidance and, 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 and just many re blessings and responses as we engage in this thing we call prayer. And I pray that You would help me even now as I talk about this, that I would rightfully handle Your Word and that You would stir the hearts of Your people to be a praying people, to seek Your face more than we ever have, God. That we would be able to see clearly how much we need this, that, that how, much, how important this is for a child of God to be prayerful, to stand, to fight, to pray, to engage, and not be passive. 
when it comes to prayer. And so, Lord, open our eyes to see great truths and promises uh, in Your Scripture, God. And where we feel defeated and weak and helpless when it comes to the issue of prayer, I pray that You would come in with Your strength, with Your grace, with energizing perspective, truth, to stir us to pray. And ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Alright, so if you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 11. Did I say 11? Luke chapter 18. Thank you, I already said Luke 18. We will, Lord willing, go to Luke 11 tonight. Luke, Luke 18, starting verse 1. And by the way, let me just give a little context here. Uh, this, this is connected with what Jesus was already talking about previously in chapter 17. Actually, uh, when, you, when you see chapter divisions in the Bible... It doesn't always mean that there's a change of scenery or context or, you know, a lot of times those chapter divisions are right in the middle of a conversation or uh, things that are being said. So they're not always most helpful in our minds. And so Jesus was talking about the coming of the kingdom. He was responding to this, this question about the, the coming of the kingdom. Uh, when will the kingdom of God come? And Jesus was giving insight. And so in light of Jesus talking about the coming of the kingdom, his return in, in the last days, he gives this parable. And you'll see in the last verse, in verse 8, the connection there, too, where it's kind of sandwiched, this, this parable sandwiched in, talking about the end times, Jesus coming back. Okay? So, he told this parable to the effect that they should always pray and not lose heart. He said, in a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming to me. Verse 6, And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to His elect who cry out to Him day and night? Will He delay long over them? I tell you, He will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will He find faith on the earth? Wow, that's powerful. So here's where we're going tonight. God wants His people to pray frequently and faithfully. Because He is loving and just, His people can expect that He will hear and answer their prayers. Simple. Christianity is very simple. But yet we, we're, we're so challenged when it comes to this. You know, uh, when it comes to having a prayer meeting or evangelism, like those are like two main ways that God advances the kingdom of God, prayer meetings and evangelism. You know, you can get a lot of folks to a fellowship meal. You can get a lot of folks to a conference. You can get a lot of folks to you know, Bible study, but when it comes to a prayer meeting, there's just something about prayer that just kind of like, where we respond sometimes like, ugh, you know, our flesh responds in that way. You know, Jesus told his disciples, your, your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. You know, he said, watch and pray, lest you enter temptation. And so we need all the encouragement we can get when it comes to prayer. The disciples of Jesus asked him, 
Lord, teach us to pray. You know, they saw Jesus living this lifestyle of prayer, communing with the Father daily, continually, frequently, faithfully, and he was just so in tune and in touch with his Heavenly Father. And the disciples longed for that. They wanted that. They wanted that, that kind of relationship with the Father that Jesus has. And you know, that's what we're about here. We are about knowing Jesus. We're about knowing God here. That, that means a lot to us. That's weighty to us. And, and one of the ways that we grow in our knowledge of God is prayer. So Jesus here contrasts this unjust judge with God. First thing that I'd like to say is that, actually let me just give you a, a story back when I was working at Weir's Furniture in the warehouse I used to, one of my, for about six years I worked there, and one of my jobs in working in the warehouse was to uncrate boxes and load up furniture and unload and drive the trucks. And so I had a box knife. And having a good box knife with a sharp blade was really important, I found out quickly. Because when you start cutting through those boxes, box after box after box, your, your blade starts to get dull. And if you try to keep cutting through those boxes with a dull blade, you end up using more energy than you really need to. And you wear yourself out and you're less effective and actually you can start cutting furniture up because it's, it's not as controlled of a cut. And so prayer is like sharpening your blade, taking the time to get a new blade or sharpen the blade that you have so you can be more effective in this life. And Jesus told this parable because he wanted his disciples to be prayerful. He wanted, he wanted them to pray frequently and he wanted them to pray fervently. He told the parable to the effect that they would always pray, always. Remember what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18? He says, well, starting in verse 16, Rejoice in the Lord always, give thanks in all things, pray without ceasing. Just approach Him freely and boldly. Anytime. Pray always. Pray without ceasing. So this is something that should be frequent for the child of God. There's a guy named uh, Brother Lawrence who wrote a book called The Practice of the Presence of God. And he talks about having this continual conversation. Keeping these short accounts with God. Talking to Him and praying these little short prayers throughout your day while you're cooking or cleaning or whatever you're doing. And just praying breath prayers. God, help me. God, I need you. God, show me what to do. God, what do you want here? Just short little prayers. The, the Psalms have those kind of prayers. So we're to, be, we're to pray frequently. I mean, have you ever read that verse, pray without ceasing, and thought, how do I do that? I mean, do I just like stay in a constant prayer all day? We know for sure that the Bible, Jesus teaches us, that it's not a repetitious kind of thing. It's not like we're just to be like a robot saying the same thing. God, 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 Father, Heavenly Father. You know, don't pray repetitious prayers like the religious people do. Okay, so it's not a repetitious thing. So it's not that. But it's this frequent thing where we're, we're constantly living with this awareness that God is with us. God is near us. God cares about us. God loves us. He hears us. His eyes are on us. And so we talk to Him. And we need to be encouraged in this. We need to be stirred in our hearts in this because our tendency is to just shoot up maybe a prayer or two and then go about our day and do our own thing and then talk to God when things start getting rough. Right? You know, we just had an election. Some of y'all may not know this, but we just elected, America just elected a new president on Tuesday. And 
leading up to that election, people had all kinds of concerns and fears. And, and, and actually, for many people, they're, they're magnified now that Donald Trump's the elected president. For, it would be the other way for, for others who were going for Hillary. You know, just, there was a, a rising of concern about who's going who's gonna to call the shots, who's going to be the commander-in-chief in this nation. And so, so prayers were, were going up. And I want to encourage us in this, that if you feel a sense of relief because Donald Trump got elected versus Hillary, don't die down in your prayers. Don't cool it and coast in your prayers like, oh, we're good now. We got Pence. We got Ben Carson. We got, you know, he's putting in some folks. Or Don't chill out in prayer because you think things are going to go smooth now. Okay? And if, you know, if you were for Hillary and, you know, you, you know, voted for her and you wanted her to... Pray more. You know, if you're like, ah, Donald Trump, he's going to blow the world up. Pray more for him. Be a prayerful person. Pray. Pray always. And we should pray for our leaders. Believing that God will turn their hearts and God will work even through ungodly leaders. God is sovereign. He's in control. And so we pray our hope is not in the White House. Our hope is in God who reigns and rules over all. Okay. Now, in this parable, this widow was pleading for justice. She was coming before this judge frequently. And she, was, she wasn't stopping. She was not giving up. She was, she was persisting in prayer. And this is what Jesus is teaching us to do in prayer. To be a frequent, a frequent, frequent flyer, if you will. A, a frequent prayer where we're frequently coming and then we're not losing heart we are faithfully praying we're not giving up frequency i would say you know refers to the the shorter term and faithfulness refers to the the longer term don't give up after years and years of praying for some praying for the salvation of a family member don't give up don't give up throughout the bible there were people who prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and it took years before god finally came through but God acted, and God will. We can have confidence that He does hear our prayers and that He will act. And so pray frequently, pray faithfully. Amen? You know, if you had access to the most powerful person on the, in the world, the, the most wealthy, the most, most wise, the most loving, the, the most powerful, and you, and you could just talk to them anytime. You could bring your request to them anytime. Surely you would use that access, right? You would take advantage of, I need some guidance here. I need some wisdom here. I need provision here. I need help. I, I need some encouragement here. I need somebody just to love me here, you know? And we have that in God. We have this access with God. And so we, we should use it frequently and faithfully, and we should not lose heart. Now, widows in, in Jesus' day, they didn't have Social Security, Okay, you know, there's a lot of benefits available, at least here in America. There, there, there are ministries and, and there are ways that a widow or orphan could get taken care of. But back in the first century, they were much more vulnerable and, and, and misused, and at least I think, than here. And God's heart beats for the widow, the orphan and the widow. He's a father to the fatherless, and he's a defender of orphans and widows. And so there's a contrast here with this unjust judge. The unjust judge answers the request of the widow. 
Not because he was compassionate or even cared about her or even cared about justice. He was like, She's, she is nagging me to death. She has beat me down. I'm getting weary. I'm getting tired of hearing from her. And so he, he just gives in. See, God's not like that, that unjust judge. He's actually way different. He's, he's the opposite. He's loving. He loves justice and righteousness. And he loves his people. We're, we're not like an annoying widow pleading in God's ear. We are loved children. Jesus describes Christians in verse 7 as the elect. And will not God give justice to his elect who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. So how much greater, how much greater will, will God the Father respond to the prayers of his people? Now I think it's important here to, to note the, the end time sense here in verse 8. Where Jesus says, I, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Jesus also tells us in, in Matthew 24 that in the last days that lawlessness would abound. Sin will abound and the love of many will grow cold. So we could expect from that that injustice would spread in the last days. That there would be a greater sense of injustice in the world that the saints should pray about. It's, that, it's something that we shouldn't just accept as okay. We should be a people of prayer when it comes to unjust acts that are taking place in the world, especially when they're done against us. We should bring those before God because He cares for us. He loves us. He doesn't just tolerate us. He, he, he doesn't just put up with us. He doesn't just like bear with us. God delights in us and He wants us close to Him. He wants us close to Him. That should change the way you approach Him in prayer. If you, if you feel like if your Heavenly Father has a frown upon His face when He looks at you, you're not going to want to talk to Him. You're not going to be as motivated to talk to Him, right? But if, if you know His heart, that He smiles over you, that He delights in you, He loves you as His children, as His elect, as His chosen people he delights in you and delights to answer your prayers that should stir us to pray frequently and faithfully that should stir us to be persistent and not give give up knowing that our god is for us our god is with us our god will act amen you know when we see injustice like christians being martyred and having their heads chopped off in different parts of the world those are things that we should pray about. We should cry out to God, God, get justice. We see in Revelation 6 this, this cry for justice. Revelation 6, verse 9, it says, uh, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge? And avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth. And then they were given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete, who, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. So there's this cry for, for justice. There's this cry, God, when are you going to act? When are you going to come and judge the world? And Jesus is coming. As we were singing tonight, he's coming back. 
He is coming back. Every eye will see Him. Every knee will bow before Him. And that is our hope. It's not who's in the White House. It's in who's on the throne. And He's coming to to bring the fullness of His kingdom. We will see Him. He will establish perfect justice and righteousness in the earth. And He will judge those who persist in wickedness. And He will deliver those who trust in Him, who cling to Him, who cry out to Him. He is for us. Jesus asked this question. He says, will the Son of Man find faith on the earth when He comes? Will He find it in you, Saint? Will He find you being faithful, praying, and seeking His face, not being weighed down with the cares of this life, and the deceitfulness of riches, and pleasures and, and other things rather than pleasure in God. Will He find your heart faithful? Prayer is a key element for us being faithful to the end. Watch and pray, lest you enter into temptation. It's my desire as a pastor here at City Church that we be those elect children of God who cry out to Him day and night for His kingdom to come, for Him to bring justice, for Him to bring righteousness, for Him to bring His reign, His government, where there's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit, and that we don't stop until we see God act and God move and change things. Amen? So He's coming back. That's our hope. That's our hope. If you're like really scared about Donald Trump being in the, in the White House, then let that push you to pray and trust in God and hope in God. Amen? Because He reigns and He rules and He is perfectly righteous, perfectly loving. He will establish justice. He will bring it. And so we should cry out for that. Go to Luke 11 because Jesus teaches the same thing. In this message, I want to really get the heart of, I want to get the, the why behind prayer. Why should we pray? Okay? I, I, Jesus gives this parable so that we should. Okay? We should pray always and not lose heart. That, that, I want that to be the effect. That we would feel that sense of, I should pray, but not, not feel beat up and guilted down like, oh, I should pray and, like, and feel an unhealthy sense of guilt and condemnation because we're not praying. But, but this, this motivating conviction and encouragement to pray and, and to understand the heart of why, not just so you can check it off and be like, I'm a good Christian because I said my prayers today, I did my quiet time. It's not about that. You know, it's about knowing God and, and, and participating in what He has for us. I have 21 plus reasons why we should pray. And I'm going to, Lord willing, get to those. That may be another sermon. But I want to encourage us with those. The why. Why pray? Why be a people of prayer? Why pray and not lose heart? If we're elect, if we're already going to heaven and we're children of God, if God's sovereign and He rules and reigns and He's going to have His way anyways, why pray? Well, I think that the doctrine of election should motivate us to pray. The elect cry out day and night, God will answer them. We should be confident and prayerful because of the doctrine of election. We should be confident to pray and pray all the more because God is sovereign, because He's able to act and, and intervene. There are certain things that you and I will never experience if we don't pray. James 4.3 says, You have not... Because you ask not. See, God's just set it up 
that His will be accomplished through the prayers of His people. I think that's a really good thing. I think His design is really good. Look at, look at Luke 11. So Jesus, if you want the, the how to pray, the Lord's Prayer, right there. That's a great place to start. Okay? If you want the how, start there. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. That's the how. So right after Jesus gives that the Lord's Prayer there in Luke 11, he gives uh, two, two parables here. Verse 5. Luke 11, verse 5. He says, Which of you has a friend who will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up. How many of you moms are like, I can sympathize with that. I ain't going to wake my kids up for you, buddy. You're going to put them back down. You're going to listen to that cry, all right? I'm not going to get up. My kids are with me in bed. Um, and uh, I tell you that though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, he will rise and give him what he needs. Okay? Hey, bro, I really need some bread. I got this friend that just got here. I know it's midnight, but come on, man. You got some tortillas. You got some bread. I want to. I want to be hospitable. I want to feed this guy. Okay. If if that friend does that reluctantly, how much more will God answer our prayers? By the way, this is not. Jesus isn't teaching that prayer is overcoming God's reluctance. Like He's reluctant to answer us. You know, we just gotta like wrestle him until he answers us because he doesn't really want to. Right? No, we're not overcoming. God's reluctance, we're aligning with His will. He wants to take care of His children and give bread to His children. Amen? So, Jesus, again, is teaching persistence in prayer. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep praying. Okay, here goes another illustration. uh, Verse 9. I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks it will be open. This is a this isn't like a one-time knock, okay? And then you go off. This is ask and keep asking. Actually, some I think maybe the New Living Translation may may put it like that and kind of unpack what the Greek language is pointing out there. Same in Matthew 7. It's a it's a it's a persistence. Ask and keep asking. Knock and keep knocking. Seek and keep seeking. Now, as parents, we're a little different, you know, when, when our kids ask us, you know, and we, tell, we give them the answer, like, it's like, stop, okay, no more. We told you, don't ask again, okay? Don't bother us, okay? God is inviting His children to keep, keep on bringing those petitions to Him. Keep on asking. Don't give up. Okay, look at verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Any, any fathers here? You'll give your kid a snake if he's hungry and he wants some fish. Can we go to Long John Silver's, Dad? No, we're going to go get this, uh, this uh, uh, rattlesnake over here for you at the pet store. What, what kind of father would do that? That would be a, a pretty creepy father, right? Okay. 
Uh, or instead, if, if he asks uh, for an egg, hey, Dad, can we have some eggs? Can we get some eggs this morning? Will he give him a scorpion? Now, here, take this scorpion. Okay? He says, if you then are, who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So here, again, here's the, here's the contrast. If, if fathers who are far from perfect and, and they're selfish and broken and even the best of us fathers, we fail to reflect our Heavenly Father perfectly and give what's best to our children at all times. If we as fathers being evil and having a sinful nature know how to bless our children and give good gifts to our children, how much more will God, the perfect Heavenly Father who's good and just and loving and kind and, and patient... And He delights in us. How much more will He give good things to those who ask? But He wants to teach us to ask. So with, with our kids, if they just state what they want, that, that, it doesn't cut it in our house. Uh, cookie! Cookie! That does not cut it in our house. Use some verbiage, sweetie. Come on. Tell us what you want. Ask us what you want. Don't just point. Don't just state it. Ask. We teach our children to ask. Because we want them to learn to ask. One, to be polite and respectful. But then, that's, that's what prayer is. That's a huge part of prayer. Just, God, will you help me? Will you help me? And you know what I love about the Holy Spirit in, in Romans 8, this is a little side trail, but a good one, is that it, Romans 8, 26, it says, we don't know how to pray as we ought to, yet the Holy Spirit helps us with our, in our weaknesses with groanings. Uh, that are that are can't can't even be uttered or too difficult to be uttered, and he makes intercession for us, and and so I love that even in our breakdown of articulation and communication with God, where we're just like, oh God, I don't even know what to say, I don't even know how to ask or what to ask or will you help me? He helps us. He's there. He he, he breaks through. We have the Spirit of God leading us, interceding for us. Jesus interceding for us. Jesus ever lives to make intercession for the saints. Amen? Check this out. So here are, here are my 20... So here, here's why we should pray. First of all, it's God's will that you pray. That you pray and you keep on praying. Okay? So it's God's will. God wants you to. It's explicit in 1 Thessalonians 5.18. It's explicit that you pray. This is God's... It's explicit... It's explicitly God's will. This is God's will. He wants you to pray, okay? We all want to do God's will as his children, right? Okay, the next thing is Jesus prayed often. Jesus was prayerful, okay? We all want to be like Jesus, right? We, then, then we should pray often, frequently and faithfully, and especially in our most challenging times when we're going through trials and tribulation. The early church prayed. They were devoted to prayer, to the Word of God, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread. They were devoted to prayer. And God showed up for those guys. God poured out His Spirit on those guys. God moved powerfully through the prayers of His people. Amen? So the next thing is that God has ordained that His will be accomplished through prayer. God has ordained that through your prayers and my prayers that His will be accomplished. So, so prayer is not only ex- explicitly uh, what God wants from us, it's also the means by which He gets His will done.
through us. So He wants that force, but it's also the very means, the, the channel for us to experience His good and acceptable and perfect will. Pray. Pray, church. God has set it up that way. God is a loving Father who gives good gifts to His children, to those, specifically those who ask. So just ask Him. Ask Him for what you need. God loves justice and He executes justice in response to the prayers of His people. Okay? If that unjust judge responded to the, to the widow because of her persistence, how much more will God respond to the prayers of His chosen people? We are God's elect, His chosen people, whom He loves and treasures. So we should talk to Him. That should motivate us to pray. He treasures us. He loves us. He's chosen us. We, we have a seat at His table, saints. We have a seat at the table of God. We wouldn't have or experience certain things in this life if we don't pray. James 4.3, you have not because you ask not. Through prayer, we experience God's peace. How many of y'all need some more peace in your life? Maybe before the election, maybe after the election, you need some more peace, right? Need some more peace in your life. Be anxious for nothing. How many of y'all stayed up all the way till 3 o'clock or whenever until they announced? Okay, I was like at 1 or whatever. I was like, I'm going to bed God, you're sovereign. I trust you. I'm going to bed. I've prayed. I've asked. I'm sitting here like, who's going to win? What's going to happen? Pray. Be anxious for nothing, but all things by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known to God. Okay, y'all know the rest of this. Y'all help me out. And here's the promise. And the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts in your mind, in Christ Jesus, our Lord. You know, some of us are like, no, God, I got this. Let me, let me worry about this for three more hours, and then I'll talk to you about it. Let me Google real quick and find out what, what I can do here to change this situation. What's the, what's the best thing to do here? Uh, you know what? Let me go ask this, this guy that I really respect, who, who's a godly person and, and full of wisdom. Let me go seek wisdom from this guy. We run to... Many other places before we go to the one who can actually do something about our circumstances. And he wants us to trust him and go to him first. He, he wants to be priority in, in, in our prayers and in our, in our life and our love and our affections. And when we do that, when we let those requests be made known to him, that peace just comes over us. We, we need to be a church that reflects that to the world, especially in shaking times, in times of turmoil and, and lawlessness. First uh, Timothy 2 says we're to pray for uh, kings and authorities and all who are in authority so that you and I can live a, a quiet and peaceful life in godliness. So that things would go well for you and your family. Pray for leaders, for governmental leaders. Pray for all leaders everywhere. Pray for them so that things will go well for you. You can have a peaceful life. And, and, and it goes on to say that God wants all people to be saved. He wants to save people and so it's through our prayers that, that happens. Through prayer, we experience God's power. Book of Acts is a prime example of that. They prayed, and the power of the Spirit of God came as they prayed. They sought the face of God, and God moved. He responded to their prayers. There's a little book that I, I picked back up by a guy named Ian Bounds, and it's called Power Through Prayer. And, man, there are some convicting, challenging statements in there for preachers. I mean, he's just like, he's just like, I think he's like a, going for the juggler on the preachers. Like, 
You know, he's basically like, man, you got, you got to stop spending so much time trying to make a good sermon. You need to pray. I mean, just stuff like that where he's like, if you're ever going to see lasting change, you need to pray. And I should have got some quotes here. To, I'm just kind of summing up some of the things that, that I remember reading in that. But there's some really good quotes that he had. He has a whole thick book on, on, on prayer. That guy has some good insight on prayer. So we experience God's power. Here's, here's some other things here. We experience God's provision through prayer. Uh, that should be Matthew seven eleven. Matthew seven eleven. We God takes care of us through through prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. You know it's legitimate to pray for your needs. Okay, don't feel guilty for asking God for things that you need. We can experience His protection and His deliverance. God says in Psalm fifty fifteen, He says, "Call upon Me in the day of trouble, and I will answer you and deliver you, and you shall glorify Me." And there's many other scriptures that we can look at that, that have that same emphasis. We can experience perspective. You know, if we need a, a bigger perspective than just our, our limited earthly perspective, our own understanding, we can pray. Remember in, in the Old Testament, Elijah who, Elijah, who prayed for Elisha, that his eyes would be opened to see that there were more, there was a, a whole angelic host more for them than those coming against them. Paul prayed in, in, in Ephesians 1 that the eyes of the, the hearts of the, their understanding of the church would be opened. That they would get perspective that comes from God. That they would get insight that comes from God. We experience joy through prayer. If you're a Christian who's been going around like you've been baptized in pickle juice, with a sour look on your face, you may need to pray more. John sixteen twenty four says, Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you shall receive, so that your joy might be full. He loves to make our joy full. If we want to experience the love of God through prayer, Paul prayed that the, the saints in Ephesus would experience the love of God, that they would know the depth and the width and the height of God's love. Prayer. We can experience God's love in a deeper way through prayer. We should pray that for one another. We can experience healing. James 5.16, confess your sins one to another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. God heals through prayer. If you're sick, pray for healing. If, if there's somebody sick here tonight, we'll pray for you for healing. We'll believe God. He's the same yesterday, today, forever. Billy Jean, we'll pray for you. We'll pray that, that God would heal your sickness. We believe that God heals, and so we'll, we'll pray. He's a miracle-working God. We believe He can do miracles today. Why not ask Him for it? Forgiveness. We experience forgiveness. Uh, forgive us of our sins, as we forgive those who've sinned against us. Through prayer. Like, so the, 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 the sin that's hindering our fellowship and communion with God gets cleansed through prayer. Confess your sin. That's called confession. If we confess our sins... Uh, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us, cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God gets glory through prayer. God gets glory. Look at this. John 14. I want you to see this. And I'm going to try to wrap this list up soon. John 14.13 says this. It says, Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. God gets glory in responding to to our prayers and answering our prayers. Through prayers, we, we get our heart's desire. If you abide in me and your word 
If you abide in me and my word abides in you, Jesus says, you can ask whatever you desire and it will be given to you. John 15, 7. We experience victory over temptation. If you're getting beat down with a, a specific sin and you just feel so drawn away into temptation, remember Jesus' words to his disciples in their hour of temptation. Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. Fight the enemy, spiritual warfare, through prayer. Pray. And lastly, we experience communion with God. I don't have a scripture up there, but I don't think I have to put a scripture up there to, to argue for that. Prayer is communion with God. You're talking to God. You're relating to God. It's, just, it's simple, but yet it's challenging for, for many of us. It's simple. You just talk to God. Just talk to Him. You know? We, we tend to talk to other folks. It's easier for me to sit up here and preach for you know, 45 minutes than to stay focused in 45 minutes of talking to God. Our, wind, our minds wander. You know, we've got to check our, check our email, check our social media, check the news, check, you know, whatever. And God wants us to be people who pray frequently and faithfully and not give up. We're going to end and close in prayer. It's been said that when you sing and worship, praise and worship, that you, you're, you're praying a second time. You know, in, in the service, um, because many of our songs, many of our songs are prayers to, that are directed to God. Many of our songs are they're, they're actual petitions to God. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Open up the heavens. We want to see you and so on. The list goes on. There, many of the songs that we sing are prayers. And God, you know, come move in power. Show me your glory. Let your kingdom come. And so let's remember that when we sing, when we gather here on Sunday evenings and we sing these songs, let's remember who we're talking to. Let's let's think about the words that we're saying in these songs. Some of the songs are 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 exhortations and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs saying, come, let's worship the Lord. And then others are, are directed towards God. They're prayers to God. So let's pray. Father, I think I've said it enough tonight that we should pray. And I know that it is your spirit that can actually move us into that. And I thank you that you do that just tenderly patiently with us, that you help us in our weakness, and I pray that you would awaken tonight the sleeping soul, the slothful Christian, the slothful saint, who like the disciples is falling asleep, having a hard time to stay awake, and pray. I pray that you would energize us and move us and stir our hearts and give us a vision for what our lives could look like if we be a people of prayer. Oh, the, the, the great things that you will do if we'll just ask. 